Good Friday evening here in, well, I'm in Philadelphia. Let's go all the way out to the uh, the left coast. Uh, my good friend, the head CEO of No Limit Mindset LLC Management, Shane Shapiro. Shane, what's happening? Mark, first, before we get started, I just want to thank you. You're the one of the few people that when I got into boxing, gave me an opportunity, gave me a chance. And um, I just want to say I appreciate you. Uh, it's an honor to be on the show with you. Um, and, um, you know, everything's good. I'm in Los Angeles uh, in good weather. Got my health, you know, boxing's back. Uh, sports are coming back. So, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, to be with be here talking with you. I appreciate that. Oh, so uh, so uh, what's going on? You're, um, you're in uh, L.A. right now. Uh, wh- how's everything going out there? Everything's good. Um, you know, I've been taking advantage of this time to better myself. Um, most people don't know that um, I'm still, uh, besides boxing, I got a lot of other things that I do. Um, I trade stocks full time. So I'm up every morning um, trading, trading stocks. Um, I'm, I'm still in school getting my business degree. So um, I've been at Drexel University near you. So, um, I've been, I've been taking my time, uh, to, to get back into school and finish my degree, which I got seven classes left. Uh, and then just getting back, uh, getting prepared for when boxing does come back, um, that I'm, that I'm ready to go. So, you know, this downtime, this downtime hasn't, um, you really, you really haven't been bored like the rest of us have been. No, I mean, listen, um, I'm someone that, that, has dealt with uh, mental health uh, my whole life, uh, being diagnosed obviously with cancer at age 17, which we'll get into, um, that, that affects me. So not being able to work out uh, like I'm used to um, has definitely played a, it's been a challenge for me. So, um, you know, it doesn't, you know, as, as good as it looks from the outside, um, you know, it's definitely been hard. It's been an adjustment. Um, with someone with underlying health conditions, you know, it's something that's always on my mind now more than ever. So, um, you know, everyone's got their own struggles and, uh, I'm just dealing with it day to day. Interesting. Interesting. So let's, uh, let's state back the beginning. Uh, you know, as a, as a young kid, I, I know you were a, a very enthusiastic, uh, you know, sports fan. I know you, and you played baseball, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Baseball was my first love. My whole, my whole childhood was dedicated to baseball. Um, I grew up with parents who both played sports. My mom was a beach volleyball player um, and my dad played baseball and was a big, big, big um, LA sports fan. So that was instilled with me in, at, at a young age. So I played baseball my entire life. Um, going into high school, my senior year, um, I had some opportunities to play uh, college baseball and that's pretty much all I thought. Um, I thought that's what my life was going to be, be playing baseball somewhere. Um, and, um, you know, that, that didn't end up happening, but that, that was my first uh, dream. And then, as you just mentioned before, you, I guess you got sick. You said age 17, said your, your junior year in high school? No, my, so my senior year of high school, um, you know, I was on top of the, felt like I was on top of the world, um, was captain of the baseball team. Uh, played varsity three years and um, was getting ready to like basically have one of the best years of my life. 
and it was Halloween morning, um, 2010. And, um, I went to the doctor, uh, my, my, I was getting ready to go to school and my parents had told me, listen, you're not going to school today. We're going to the doctor. And, um, I went to the, to Cedar Sinai, which is one of the greatest hospitals in the entire world. I'm sure, you know, um, and I was sitting in the chief of medicine, um, his office, and he was doing a bunch of tests on me on my thyroid gland, which I knew nothing about. And he does, he said to me, son, do you know why you're here today? And I was like, no, doctor, I have no idea. And he said, you know, you're, 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 I'm, you know, you're being diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And I was in complete shock. I had no idea what that meant. Um, my mom's a two time uh, cancer survivor. My grandfather's a Holocaust survivor. Um, so my immediate thoughts were not about me, but just about them. And um, so that kind of just, the next two or three months was kind of a blur. Um, I had a five and a half hour surgery to remove my thyroid. Um, thyroid cancer is a really rare disease in teenagers. It's one in three million. Um, so, you know, I, I spent a lot of time. Um, luckily, in the beginning, um, the first couple of years, very naive, not knowing much about what I went through. Um, and it's only until the last five or six years that I start to realize how serious cancer is and um, just like facing your mortality so young compels you to want to do more with your life at a young age. So um, I try to take cancer and turn it into something good. Now, how long did you battle that, you know, the first time around? Um, so I got diagnosed within three or four weeks. I was seeing every single surgeon in L.A., um, luckily my, my, my family's really well connected to all the top doctors here. So I was going to every doctor just to confirm my diagnosis and make sure that I was in the best possible hands. Um, so I went ahead and had the five and a half hour procedure, um, spent a couple of days in the hospital, um, and then was back home recovering for, I want to say three or four weeks. Um, didn't try to tell too many people about it. Um, wasn't looking for sympathy or any, any pity. I didn't, I just wanted to kind of come back in time for my senior year of baseball and, um, kind of like do my thing. And cause I knew that my time in baseball was going to be limited. So I just wanted to like enjoy the rest of my high school experience. Gotcha. So after high school, what, 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 um, where did you, the, you know, your, uh, life take you? So after high school, um, you know, I, all those opportunities to play in college um, went away. So I was kind of unsure of where I was headed in my life. Um, I ended up getting into the restaurant uh, industry. Um, I managed a, bur a restaurant chain called Burger Lounge. I opened three restaurants for them for two and a half years. Uh, so I was managing restaurants. Let, um, me get, let me guess, they sold hamburgers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> organic grass-fed beef. Uh, they're still around. They're pretty good. Um, but um, that meanwhile, my, um, you know, my, my, my mom taught me how to trade stocks. So, you know, she always wanted me to be diverse. And at a young age, I picked things up really quickly. And, you know, I've never really been a school person. That's why I'm still finishing my degree. But um, I was learning how to trade stocks. I was learning. I was, I was in the, the, the management industry. Um, and then I got an opportunity one day. Um, to meet a young fighter from Germany um, named Chem Kilich and um, kind of getting involved with his career and didn't really know what at all what I was getting myself into <laughs> and slowly gotten into the sport welcome, of boxing. Welcome to boxing. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. So I slowly got into boxing and, um, as I said, you know, my grandfather's a Holocaust survivor. Um, you know, he, he, my, 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 both my grandparents. So, you know, that was like the last thing they wanted me to do. And, um, you know, it was like everything that my family, um, wanted me to do, get into, um, that's, that's was, was the opposite. So, uh, so you meet Killich and, uh, I, I mean, I, I would imagine the friendship at first before you say, you know, maybe I'll manage this kid. I mean, uh, take us through that dynamic. Yeah. So we'd never met each other. Um, we had communicated through like Facebook and, and WhatsApp and he, had, he was just like an up and coming amateur fighter over in, in Germany. And, um, he was like, I'm looking to turn pro in America. And I was like, great you know like i'll bring you over here and you, you know you sign with me i'll turn you pro and um uh, we'll see where this goes and it uh, sounds like the boxing version of 90 day fiance yeah it was, it was, <laughs> I was super naive and um we talked for a full year he i flew him here he moved in with me the next day in my apartment we had a one bedroom uh, two bedroom apartment and uh i took him to freddie roach's gym one day and uh the rest kind of became history. I would just spend a lot of time in gyms, learning from a lot of people, being in camps. Um, you know, being in Los Angeles, it works a lot to my advantage. You know, I've been in camps with some of the best fighters in history. Miguel Cotto, Sugar Shane Mosley. Um, you know, we've been blessed to be in camps with Jermel Charlo, Errol Spence Jr. Um, there's a lot more that I'm not thinking of and I'm not trying to name drop, but you know, I was in the gym with Freddie Roach. I've been around Buddy McGirt for years. Um, so in a short amount of time, I was able to just soak up a lot of experience and just learn and, and ask questions. And, and um, I became that kid that was always in the gym. And other fighters just saw that I was always with Chem. I was everywhere with him. I was taking him to sparring. I was working his corner. Um, there was a couple fights where I had to work the corner and be the, 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 the trainer. So I just always made sure that I was prepared and I did my homework. I was always watching fights, you know, growing up. Um, I watched fights with my dad. I watched a lot of Oscar De La Hoya. I watched a lot of Trinidad. Um, my, my first fight that really got me into boxing was De La Hoya and Mayweather and just seeing Floyd be able to talk the way he talked. Um, I just thought this was so cool that, you know, this was a, a fighter expressing himself and being this bad guy. And then you got the good guy. I thought this was so cool. And I, never thought I would get into the sport and then um, being with Chem and, you know, led me to other opportunities, you know, with other fighters in the last few years. Well, you actually, it was a unique thing. And I know you, you made a, a documentary about, you know, your, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, relationship with, with Chem. Chem, you, Chem actually lived with you for a number of years. Yeah. So that's a big thing because most people don't know, um, I come from grandparents of Holocaust survivors, not my ancestors, not my great grandparents, not my great great parents. My grandparents were Holo are, are Holocaust survivors. My grandfather's 94, still about still alive. He was in Auschwitz. His mom and dad and seven brothers and sisters were all murdered just for being Jewish. You know, I grew up with that instilled in me. Anti-Semitism is not okay. Obviously, we'll get into what's going on in today's world, but you know, I grew up raised by Holocaust survivors. Um, Chem is a Muslim. He lived with me for five years. You know, I'm Jewish. He's Muslim. I represent, you know, all different cultures and races. And, and with me, with Chem, um, 
you know, it was a very interesting experience, you know, and, and being open-minded to seeing other, other points of views and religion. And I think that's one thing that really drew me to boxing that other sports, you know, you don't really get that. And in boxing, you really get to see people for who they are. Gotcha. So, um, being around Chem and him living with you, I guess you, I guess you almost got firsthand experience. I know that most managers, once they leave the gym or leave the fight, they don't see the fighter all day, all night. You got, I guess you got to actually get the firsthand experience of what a fight, fighter lifestyle really is. Yeah, so I was with him since his pro debut. So that was literally with Freddie Roach on a top-ranked card. Um, my first four fights were top-ranked. Um, so I got the direct experience, you know, I met Brad Goodman, my first fight, Bruce Trampler. Um, all of this looking back was tremendous, invaluable experience at age 19 that I'm looking back like, wow, this is tremendous. Um, yeah, I was there at the weigh-ins, watching him make weight, watching him cut weight. Um, what about agreement looked like, uh, what it's like to sell tickets on a club show, um, you know, what it's like to get per diems, you know, I, I got to learn a lot about the business right away. Um, and also get to see the fighter's point of view of what they go through on a daily basis of not just, okay, I'm going to see what, what sparring looks like. No. Okay. After sparring, I'm taking him to strength and conditioning. I'm getting him his new nutrition. I'm making sure he's got his proteins and supplements. I'm making sure his trunks are done. I'm making sure that his, that his family and whoever's coming got, has tickets. So it was a lot of experience and a lot of stuff that I learned early, early on. And I, I know you have a, have a very close relationship with a, with a good friend of mine. In fact, the, the, the guy responsible for introducing you to me, who's now one of the top managers out there. He had a, so far has had a great start to 2020, uh, Mike Borreo. So talk about, you know, uh, the experience of learning from him. Mike's been around the game, you know, uh, you know 20, 25 years. Yeah, so it gives me goosebumps. But uh, Mike's like a second father to me. Um, we met uh, about four and a half years ago. Uh, I was working with Mike Lee a little bit, uh, meeting him out here in L.A., and I was just helping him with some day-to-day -day stuff. And um, he gave me an opportunity to, to work with him and come to a couple fights. So I was in Chicago um, on another really good local promoter, um, Bobby Hits. Had him um, on the show. Shows. We love um, Bobby. Um, yeah, Bobby, Bobby's a, uh, does a great job. And, um, I met Mike Barreo at one of Mike Lee's fights and, um, he saw something in me that was like kind of a reminder of himself. Um, and Mike got into the game at a young age. So he saw me and he saw like my passion. And, you know, the first thing he said to me was, you know, you want to know how to make a million dollars in boxing? And I'm like, how? Start with 2 million. Start with two million. So I was just like, oh man, like so we we really hit it off and you know, he gave me his number and he's like, you know, um, reach out to me and you know, a lot of people had told me that, like, hey, reach out to me, you know, I'll help you out. And I was like, Oh, you know, this guy, you know, he was managing you know, he had Charles Martin, who was heavyweight champion of the world, you know, he had a bunch of top. He brought guys. Jamil McCline about four or five title opportunities. You know, Brian to uh, you know, he's he you know, he, Mike's been around, so he worked with Cedric. You, basically took help Michael King build his entire promotional company. Um, so right when I, after the fight, I got back to LA and Mike reached out to me and um, like, we really like built this relationship that goes beyond boxing. Um, I talked to him about everything going on in my life. He was the first thing he said to me was, you know, stay in school, get your education, you know, um, 
he's someone I have a, I have a lot of respect for, um, a, a lot of admiration for. I respect what he does in boxing, what he does for his fighters. He's taught me so much. Uh, there, 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 there is not enough that I could say about Mike or what I could do for what he's taught me. And he's been there for me um, during some of like the hardest times in the sport where I, I really like didn't, wasn't sure if I wanted to keep going and because, you know, boxing's tough and um, he's, he's introduced me to some really good people and um, he's just an unbelievable manager and an unbelievable mentor. So you're guiding Kilich, uh, you sign him with uh, Greg Cohen Promotions, and he keeps winning, you know, you, you're getting him undefeated, and uh, you, you, I mean, what's it like, you, you're a young guy, how, you, how old are you now, 25? I, I just turned 27. 27, yeah. see, time flies when you're having fun. Anyway, um, so you just turned 27, you, you, you're with, with, with Kilich, and you know, you, you and uh, with, with Greg, you guys are getting, you know, he's winning fights, and then... Uh, What's it like for just just a quick disclaimer? He's actually a free, we are free agents right now. Okay, we we're gonna we we're gonna get them. Just I'm just so taking you know, everyone through the story though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, so actually, you're, so yeah, you're, you're winning first, fights. Let, let me just you're winning fights, and then you get him to a record where you, you actually you know you're a young guy. You you get him on Showbox. You get him on national television. Well, what's that feeling like when 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 a deal like that's consummated? It was unbelievable. First, we fought on CBS, so we had a little bit of exposure there. Um, but, like, yeah. Showbox is one of the, you know, yeah. one of the preeminent oh, shows out there. Then, you know, a big shout-out thank you to Gordon Hall. Um, gave us an opportunity to fight on Showbox, this Turkish kid that no one really heard of. And, you know, um, we were just looking for an opportunity. And uh, to fight on Showbox was, like, the make or break, you know, um, to be able to show everyone, like, hey, you know, this kid's the real deal. I've been telling you. I've been telling you. Um, and now you get to see it. So um, we fought on Showbox, and the day before, um, Buddy McGirt had to work someone else's corner. That So I ended up having to work the corner as the chief second. So it ended up working to my advantage where I got a ton of exposure to show that I'm not just a manager, but someone that actually um, is around the game, you know, knows a little bit about the sport. And uh, so I got to get Chem that we – got, we got that fight. It was a war against DeAndre, DeAndre Ware. Ware. Yep, he was against. Um, they won a Devin Haney card, so he won the fight. We got a lot of traction. We bounced into the top five in the world ratings, and um, we had a lot of momentum, like kind of going into 2020, and uh, we kind of parlayed it into a co-main event on ESPN this past January. Right, so, my advice to you: you're one and zero as a trainer on national TV. If you, re, if you retire now, you you go down as the greatest trainer of, of all time. So Listen, my advice for you is to not work another corner. No, I'm done. I'd rather wear the suit, <laughs> Mark, and wear my and sit ringside and be out of the picture. I'd rather let those guys do the job. So like you said, you parlay uh, that fight into an ESPN co-feature in Atlantic City, taking on um, Steven Nelson, a highly touted prospect with top rank L, the uh, Terrence Crawford camp in, in Omaha. So um, – you know, obviously that that fight didn't go your way. Um, you know, talk about what happened that night. Listen, I think it's a learning experience. You know, like Chem had a lot of tough. I don't want to make excuses because Stephen Nelson was the better fighter. I don't ever believe in making excuses. You know, at the end of the day, the winner finds a way to win. You don't have. You know, we were supposed to fight December fourteenth. The fight got delayed, so camp went a little longer than we thought it would go. Um, we were moving camps around. We were in Florida for eight weeks in Vero Beach. Um, then we came back to L.A. Then we went back. 
Um, it was a little bit different being um, the co-main event for Chem. It was, you know, he had a lot of family coming from Turkey, which he never had before. Um, and, you know, it just he was off that night. You know, the, the better man won. There's no excuse to be made. Uh, I think a true champion, you get to see, you know, your next fight, what you're really made of. So, you know, there's a lot of learning experiences, you know, to, 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 to learn from. You know, you go 10 rounds the first time, co-feature, you know, you, you're, you, you're world-rated. So um, I think we'll really see what Chem's made of in his next couple fights. So that's where we're at with Chem Killich. Uh, another yeah. fighter you managed, uh, lightweight uh, Mason Menard. Uh, you weren't with him for many fights, but you were involved in probably his biggest exposure fight. Unfortunately, he got knocked out in the first round against uh, IBF, current IBF lightweight champion Tiafimo Lopez. So uh, well, at least, you know, I guess the, the silver lining for both him and you, you know, you, you got to the stage. You got to the well, dance a little bit with, it, with Mason. It wasn't just the loss to Tiafimo. People forget that Devin Haney's a WBC champion also. Yes. So if you look at Mason's three real losses, Ray Beltran, WBO champion. World champion, yep. Devin Haney, WBC champion. Tiafimo, IBF world champion. There's no shame in losing to the no, top not at guy, all. You know, and Mason came off some injuries um, had never been in a real training camp before I got him. You know, I put him in with, with Derek James, you know, the trainer of Errol Spence. I got him with a real trainer. Um, he was coming off an injury. We fought on Showtime. We fought on ESPN. So it was a lot of ex national experience that both of us got. So, you know, like I said, I live by the phrase of win or learn. I don't believe in losing. Like if you can really learn from the loss, you know, you gain something. So I gained a lot of exposure on a national level. People saw like, Hey, you know, Shane can get his fighters these experiences and these opportunities. What can he do for me? So, um, you know, you know, one of my fighters that I want to touch on, we haven't touched on is Calvin Henderson. We'll get to uh, him in a second. You know, is, you know, is the opportunities that I'm able to get my guys being in Los Angeles, being a younger manager, being active in the sport, relating to these uh, younger fighters is um, I'm hungry. I still haven't made a world champion. So um, that fire is still within me. It's, it's building every day, you know, I, I still have this hunger. I'm going to be around for a while. So, um, yeah, I mean, I had a great, we had a, we had a, I had a great time with Mason. You know, I, I know he's still fighting and looking for, for opportunities, but, um, you know, he, he, he had some, he had some great, uh, great, great fights, you know, tell, tell your fans to stop Facebook messaging in the middle of a freaking interview. Yeah, <laughs> you <know? laughs> so you, you, um, I don't want to say you got lucky. When I use the term "got lucky," you mean like you, 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 it was a good experience signing Chem. You know, pretty much sight unseen. You mentioned Calvin Henderson. That's an, another almost same situation. Although he was in, although he was in Texas, you know, a guy that you really didn't know personally reached out to you, and uh, you know, you looks like you're on the same. Um, Almost is the same road as Killich. You're getting him some good wins. He's undefeated. Uh, he had the draw with Plana, but again, that fight with Plana now looks good because Plana just beat uh, Kevin Newman. So uh, you know, it uh, looks like you you have another 168-pound uh, potential uh, contender in Calvin Henderson. Yeah. So Calvin uh, had since a pro debut. You know, was highly regarded out of the amateurs. Um, was supposed to go to the Olympics. Um, lost in the trials because of a headbutt. Like he couldn't continue. So, you know, he's 20, he was 25 or 26 years old, um, just graduated college, wanted to turn pro. And I cold called him, was like, hey, listen, you know, I'm this manager in L.A., you know, I'd love to work with you. So he gave me an opportunity, which, again, I'm so blessed and thankful for him. 
um, giving me this, this chance at 21 years old. I think I was when we signed, um, and trust me, trusted me with his, with his career. We built up the first eight or nine fights locally in Arkansas. Um, and then, um, thanks to you, um, the great Marshall Kaufman at King's promotion, what are you talking uh, about? uh, gave us, gave us, gave Philly the fight of the year, um, against Brandon Robinson and kind of put Calvin on the map and made people kind of respect him. And we, we gained a whole fan base in Philly. And then, um, you know, he ended up, t- uh, with a torn retina, detached retina and two cataracts, um, kind of after the fight against B-Rob. And then the Aikens fight and then the Piana fight. Um, that was the worst anyone's ever seen Calvin. And, you know, I have to believe that when he tells me, Shane, uh, you know, I had blurry eyes, you know, um, I'm going to take him for his word. So uh, I, as soon as Calvin's back, um, Piana is a, a fight we're going to have to uh, rectify and, and get that situated. But, you know, Calvin's someone that, you know, is a fight or two away from the top 15 rankings, um, fan friendly. Um, so marketable, you know, he's a family man, uh, loves his kids, uh, educated, um, just, a, you know, he, he was just on your show. So, you know, he's easy to talk to, um, you know, for me, Mark, uh, I want to work with people that are, that are, you know, obviously at any, any job, they're stress-free, but like, you know, guys that are quality people and Calvin, Chem, um, Mason, you know, Mike Lee, I mentioned, um, I also have another couple guys we'll talk about that I just signed. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. so this, this is what I was going to say. You, you had a couple of fighters who came in, came out. We don't have to touch on them, uh, fighters that you had for a fight or two, and for whatever reason, for whatever reason it's boxing, you know, we, it doesn't work out. And now you have, you signed an undefeated uh, – actually, I don't think he's made his pro debut, an Irish fighter. He's, uh, no, 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 no. So I, got, he, I signed three guys. So three guys. I got a 4-0 cruiserweight, Gary Sweeney. Um, he had made four fights uh, under MTK. And then he had a back injury um, and then was set, was out for like a year and a half. So he was supposed to fight right before the pandemic. Um, I had him out here with Buddy for uh, like two months. He was training. Um, so he was on track to fight in March. And then he was going to fight on the Michael Conlon undercard in Belfast. So he was on track to uh, to, to get, get, get some looks on him. And then I, fought, I signed um, – I don't know if I'm really supposed to say it yet, but uh, Mirko Martin, he's a 14-0 flyweight out of Germany. He's, he's ranked, number ranked number four in the, in the WBO. WBO. Yeah, so I just got that done, like, right before the pandemic. I was waiting to announce it, but we're here. So, And then I got my uh, my last signing was a t- as a 10-0, 118, 120-pounder, Dimas De Leon out of Mission, Texas, who I'm, like, so excited about. Um, he's, like, a, a, a southpaw. Lomachenko style um, Mexican fighter. He's my first real Mexican fighter, and um, I'm super excited about him. Um, so, and, and if I'm not mistaken, all, they're all three free agents. Just in case any promoters are watching this, yeah, um, they're all besides free agents. Calvin, who is exclusively with Kings. Yeah. Um, all my guys are free agents, which has been a blessing. Like I've been able to kind of build them all up and um, work with different promoters, work with Top Rank, Golden Boy. Uh, PVC, you know, Eddie Hearn, you know, I've gotten to work with kind of everyone at Kings and um, gotten experience uh, on all sides of, 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 of the, of the table. Terrific. So, um, I mean, uh, during this whole time down, I mean, as the manager, I would imagine, you know, you, 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 you're putting in your, you know, I want to say daily, but you know, maybe weekly phone calls, these guys to see how everyone's doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the main thing that, 
is is the key to success during this time that you know I, I realize is kind of constant communication um, even if it's not good news um, or you know it's bad news but just telling guys like hey you know there is a plan in place we're going to get through this um, there's a lot of uncertainty going on right now you know we're we're all in the same boat you know um, we're not we not, we, not, we, uh, we might not be in the same boat we're all in the same water right now you know promoters yeah. are going through their own thing managers are going through their own thing fighters um, we don't know what to expect right now we don't know what purses are going to look like we don't know what you know tv gates look like we don't know what the what what when, when fans will be back so um i think it's kind of like you know as long as you can stay in constant communication and kind of have a a, a little sense of what's going on um you're doing okay how do you feel you know you, you said you've been around you know maybe five six years around around the business how's the business now uh, before this happened in terms of uh just in general, what your th- your thoughts are compared to when when it's when you started? I think it's it was in tremendous shape. I still think it's in tremendous shape. I mean, last night, one of my good buddies, Adam Lopez, put on one of the fights of the year, and you got to see fighters two and zero, three and zero, you know, that would never get opportunities to fight on TV that are now getting these opportunities. And I think the silver lining under this is. Um, you know, is, is stay ready, be ready. You know, you don't know what's going to come. And, and, um, you know, uh, I think that the sport's in good shape, you know, you have streaming platforms, you know, this, this interview right now is being streamed all over the place. Uh, seven years ago, technology, all the technology wasn't up to date where it is now. Now you're getting fighters who are able to build their own fan bases and kind of create their own worth. You're coming to the table now with promoters and you're not just coming to them with, hey, I can fight. Now you're coming with, hey, I bring numbers to the table. I got sponsors on the table. You know, it's, it's giving uh, fighters different outlets to make money and giving opportunities that might not be there. So um, I think that, you know, we're going to see a little uncertainty of what the business is going to be like. But, um, you know, if you weather the storm, you know, you try not to get too high or too low. You stay kind of like right in the middle. You know, we're, we're going to get through this. You know, there's going to be boxing again um you know we just got to figure out how we can all work together gotcha do you have your eye i know and if you you know obviously you don't want to mention you have your eye or close to maybe uh inking a couple more guys or are you right now satisfied with the you know five six guys that, that you're you're handling yeah so my model has always been to like not take on more than i can handle um i think i got six guys under contract right now um i'm always open uh, op, uh, to, to, to hearing what, what, you know, opportunities are out there. I always listen. Well, that's one thing I always listen. It's one thing my, my, my grandfather instilled in me is to listen. Um, you know, you always have to take the offer or agree to it, but listen and be open-minded. Um, you know, I, I see myself growing, you know, with the right opportunities, with the right people. But, you know, I, I'm at a point in my life, Mark, where I don't need extra headaches and I don't need stress. No I had cancer once. <laughs> I had cancer once. Um, so I want to work with people that genuinely want to work with me. Um, you know, I, I like working with, with, with people that are fair and that respect me. You know, I'm, I'm a younger manager. So a lot of people in this, in this sport, unfortunately, you know, want to put me in that category as, oh, he's a younger guy. So, you know, we want to talk down to him or this and that. And, um, you know, like, you know, kind of what's going on in today's world, you know, I believe that everyone deserves equal respect. Have you, um, 
I think we've talked about this war. I think uh, you told me you've talked to some of the more high-profile managers, the Aegis Clemases and the Dave McWaters, Peter Kahn, uh, those kind of guys. Um, have you spoken with them? They give you tips, advice, and, uh, you know, even though you're competitors, but I think, you know, I think you've told me you've had some positive conversations with uh, some managers as well. Yeah, I mean, listen – I know how hard it is to be happy and be successful in life. Mm -hmm. Forget boxing, life. So I really mean this from the bottom of my heart. I mean, uh, Lando, I hope Lando Rose is watching. He's a classic example. You know, I root for everyone at the end of the day. It's, this is a business. Mm -hmm. We all got to make money at the end. Yeah. You know, we got to feed, we got to pay bills, especially during these hard times. Um, all these managers that you named, I have so much respect for. Um, I'm cool with all of them. And I see them, I go up to them, I shake all their hands. Uh, I think a lot of them, they have respect for me. They see my passion. They see the hunger. Um, they don't look at me as a competitor, but more as a, as an ally, you know, like, Hey, you know, how can, how can I help you? And uh, you know, that's something that, um, that's something that Mike instilled in me too, mm -hmm. you know, help people, you know, you're not going to be here forever. So you got to pass down the knowledge to people and, and, and it doesn't hurt you to, to help someone especially during, during these times. And I think that's mm -hmm. the problem with society. You know, everyone looks at everyone like an enemy and envious. And, and as you know, it's just perspective is way out of context. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, all these people, you know, even, even, uh, you know, any young manager, people that, that, that reach out to me, I always give advice, you know, any way I can help someone I'm there. Gotcha. I mean, I mean, obviously you mentioned Mike, but who are some of the other managers that, that you think, uh, you know, uh, they're doing good jobs out there? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Rick Morigian, tremendous manager. I don't know if a lot of people know his name. He's on house. Jose name. Ramirez and Gabriel Jose Flores. Ramirez, Gabriel Flores. I mean, tremendous manager. You talk about building someone, uh, not just no, – not, not, not. this is the thing I, I think that is misconstrued about managers. So many managers, they call in, they check in, say, hey, house sparring, show up on fight night, wear their suit, collect a check. To me, a manager is someone that – you're there 24 seven. You're there when a guy needs help. You're there when a guy has a, a personal issue. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for, for, um, for Mike Barreo. Like I said, I got a lot of respect for, for David McWater. He's done a lot of great things for the sport, given a lot of opportunities to people. Um, Rick Merigian, I said, um, I'd say those ones um, mm -hmm. have reached out to me the most. Um, not a lot of other people that have just uh, been really good to me, like been really, really good to me. Um, just giving me a lot of good advice and just, you know, I've, I've gained the most advice just by experience um, being young. And not so much the managerial uh, um, aspect of, I know you mentioned his name before, but you're, you've got, you've grown real close with the uh, buddy McGurk. Uh, can, uh, can only manage the, I uh, can only manage Imagine, say that five times fast. I can only imagine the uh, wealth of knowledge that, that he, he's uh, planted on you. I spent three years at Wildcard with Freddie Roach every single day. So, I mean, this was when Freddie was at his peak. He was training Kodo, you know, um, still training Manny. So I learned a lot from Freddie. Um, spent time with Derek James in Texas for a little bit when Errol was in camp um, on his way up to the IBF World Championship uh, with Jamel. So I learned a lot from them. Um, like you said, I've spent the last two years or so with Buddy, and Buddy was two-time world champion as a fighter. He is inducted into the Hall of Fame. 
Um, he's taught me a lot about the, the, the business on the, the fighter side, the, the promoter side, the training side. Um, he's introduced me to like some of the really, really old school guys in the sport that um, have exposed, um, you know, kind of the things that are going on now based on what was going on before and kind of how it's still relevant. And, you know, just, just taught me a lot about, about, about the sport. Gotcha. So um, when we're, when the, uh, when the curtain raises fully again, I mean, what do you expect to be doing? I mean, in a perfect world, where do you see your fighters at when we uh, get this thing going again? Um, before boxing, I like to see the world get to a better place. Yeah, for sure. And in a lot uh, of ways. I, I want to touch on that because that's important to me. Um, like I mentioned, um, my grandparents, I come from Holocaust survivors. Um, I was raised my whole life on um, anti-Semitism not being okay. Um, racism not being okay. Um, so I want to speak on what's going on right now. Take a few minutes before I get back into boxing and just say that, you know, I feel that there is change coming, but we really need to come together. Um, we're all human beings at the end of the day. We're all going to die one day. We're all brothers and sisters. We all have the same human qualities. No one is better than anyone else. And I think that we all need to start being held accountable for our actions. Uh, there needs to be better leadership. Um, we need to be willing to have uncomfortable conversations. And, um, you know, before any of that happens, um, I, I think that, that a lot of people need to look in the mirror and say, what can I do better? What can I do more of? Um, I grew up with a mentality of, you know, you look at people for who they are. And that's something that I've translated into boxing, like I mentioned. Muslim fighters, black fighters, um, Kazakhstan fighters. Um, look at people for who they are. Look at people for, for what they believe in. Don't look at someone for the color of their skin. Don't look at someone for how much money they have um, or what value they bring. That's what we're missing in today. And that's something that I think that will help us in boxing. It'll help us in sports. You know, we're missing sports. Um, that's what I like to see, you know, um, better leadership, more voices, you know, um, that's something that I would like to see all of us do a better job, but, um, yeah, back to boxing. Um, I like to see promoter promotional companies working together. Um, I like to see more competitive fights. Um, I like to stop seeing fighters getting babied so much. You know, I get there's a development period. There are tune-up fights. There are such things at all those things. But at the end of the day, this is prize fighting. This isn't about being Floyd Mayweather and being 50, you know, because there's only one of those, you know. Um, look at the UFC. You see guys with 14 losses getting great fights. It's not about the records all the time. It's about putting on good fights and leaving a legacy, you know. And I think that's what I want to see in boxing. I want to see fighters not necessarily chase purses, even though I believe I'm going to fight to the end for all my fighters to get paid. You know, I know promoters are going to come at us with trying to take less money and, you know, negotiation takes two sides, but, um, you know, guys are rest risking their lives. You know, I want to see, I think the biggest silver lining out of the coronavirus, Mark, is you're seeing people taking health more serious. You're seeing now more health protocols. So I think that's a good thing. I think you're going to see now commissions take, um, put that as a priority. They're going to see promoters now putting that as a priority. Um, so I like to see um, boxing come back 
and, and, and be stronger than it was. And I think it will, uh, you know, the fights that they put on the top rank put on, I see, you know, PBC is going to put on some shows. Um, you know, I've spoken to people at golden boy and showtime, you know, boxing's coming back, you know, um, the fighters, you know, they're calling each other out, you know, you're seeing fury and, 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 and Joshua are going to fight. Um, there's going to be great fights. You know, there, there, there's a demand. People want to see boxing. We miss it. We miss it so much. Well, we definitely look forward to that. We definitely look forward to the uh, growth and the development of all your fighters. Shane, anything you want to say to the fans out there in closing? Um, just stay tuned. Um, love, every, love people, man. Be respectful to everyone. You know, be open-minded. And, um, you know, I'm accessible on my Facebook Instagram, Shane Shapiro. Well, um, you, 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 you've definitely been watching my interviews. You know what my last question is. Where yeah. do we find you on the social media? Shane Shapiro. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, email me, uh, shane at nlm.group. Um, if it's about boxing, whether you're a cancer patient, um, whether you're going through anything, um, I'm really accessible. Try to be there for people, and whether you're dealing with mental health, whatever it is. Um, I want to be a better person. So uh, I'm here. I uh, appreciate you having me. Well, you're, you're, you're already like a top-notch person. If you're any better, I, I don't know if you, no, 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 I don't no, know, no. I know how much room is there yeah. for you to get better. There's always room to be better. Um, I know everyone's going through tough times right now, but uh, be positive. Uh, tough times don't last. Tough people do. We're going to get through this, I promise. Um, and uh, reach out to me. Thank you for having me on the show, Mark. I haven't done any interviews. This is the only interview I've done during this time. Wow. So uh, I appreciate you and all everything you've done for me. You're the I'm best. I'm blushing. You're a tremendous publicist. Um, and thank you. There you have it. No Limit Mindset, LLC, Shane Shapiro. Thank you for, damn, almost 42 minutes of your time on a, on a Friday. I mean, you could be doing anything on a Friday night in L.A. Actually, nothing's even be, open. I'm going to be watching Jim Cramer, your Philly guy, and watching what went on in the stock market today. And then uh, finish my last class for, for school. And I'm about to go watch Dateline. That, that, that's my Friday night. Well, so, thanks, Shane. We will be back in touch, especially when, you guy, when your guys meet action. We'll get them and you back on. We'll, we'll, we'll talk all fights uh, when that opportunity happens. You got it anytime. Take care. Thank you, and have a good night. Thank you.